Hey, can I get a radio check out there? Thank you, sir. What's your 20? Going northbound on 69. 10-4, appreciate you. All right, guys, welcome back. If you couldn't tell, this is episode 20 of the Lumbar Trucking Podcast. And if you uh, couldn't tell, and you ask somebody what their 20 is, you're asking their location. My current location, I'm right there with them, southbound on 69. Going back towards Texas. I got a load right now of animal feed. I believe that's what it is. That I picked up in Neosho, Missouri. It's going to Comanche, Texas. A little out in the middle of nowhere town. Maybe southwest of Fort Worth. But how did I get here? What, what all led back up to that? I last left you off with um, the load I got from uh, my friend Dan, who hooked me up. That came from Michigan back down to Austin, Texas. I was home for the weekend. Phenomenal weekend. Good friend of ours came down for her bachelorette party. Had some fun on a boat. And then from there, during the weekend, I had already tried to plan my next week ahead. And... What's tough about planning, I guess, the future when it comes to trying to get yourself ahead of the game is sometimes you, you've gotten your next two moves or you put yourself ahead or you're, or you're already two moves ahead, but you need to figure out how you're going to get there. Similar to that Michigan load that I got from a friend of mine. I knew I had to pick up in Michigan one day. Okay, but how am I going to make money to get there? That You don't want it to cost you the money getting there. So on Wednesday... I was offered the opportunity through the carrier I contract under, R&R Solutions, to pick up self-checkouts from a Walmart in Georgetown, Texas. Georgetown's just north of Austin, right off 35. Pays very good, above market rate, um, you know, over 350 a mile to do, you know, some of these self-checkouts. So it's like, okay, can't say no to this. What am I going to do in between? It means I need to make sure I can get myself back to the Austin area if I'm going to work Monday and Tuesday. And luckily, over the weekend, I found just that. Through scouring the load boards, I found a load going out from Lavernia, Texas, which is just east of San Antonio. Now, this is Monday the 16th at this point. So I got a load of paper going from... Lavernia, Texas, east of San Antonio, to Compte, Louisiana, which is uh, maybe about an hour south of Shreveport. And that delivered same day. So I picked up at 8 in the morning on Monday morning, and I just drove it straight about 460-some-odd miles to Compte, Louisiana. This paper mill that I was delivering to is a 24-hour facility. Not the most fun. You get there, and it's basically just... First come, first serve. Everyone waits in this long line. They got three docks, so it's just one rolls in right after another. But before I went out on that load in Lavernia, I needed to make sure I could get myself back. And that Sunday, before I even went out to work on Monday, I found a backhaul that paid the same amount of money coming right back to the town I live in, in Texas. As a matter of fact, I delivered four miles from my house. So I got out to Compte. Got unloaded, drove two miles down the road, 
found an empty gas station truck stop to park at for the night. Next morning, wake up, drove about 35 miles, went and picked up at a glass place, Ardaw Glass, and that was delivering Wednesday morning, the 18th. So it was perfect. We had to pick up, drive all the way home, spend the night at home on Tuesday, then wake up, deliver the next morning, come back home, get all my stuff ready, easy transition, and then I'm on my own time to get these self-checkouts. Basically, I just, so I delivered, came back home, took care of a few things, went and went and voted in the Texas primary runoff elections going on. I've been plugging for this uh, woman out there running for Texas Railroad Commissioner, Sarah Stogner. Shout out. Hope she gets the W. We'll know by the time I release this if, uh, if she gets the win. The job has everything to do with my business now, and so I'm supporting who I think is the best candidate to fill that position. So I got to vote. Cool. Went on up to that Walmart, picked up those self-checkouts from Georgetown, and then I shot myself back up to Arkansas to drop those off. Now, where am I going to go from there? So that's the thing. Is the key is to keep rolling. You want to keep making money out here. And that's where being an owner-operator and a company driver are still kind of similar. Or if you're not moving, you're not making any money. But at the same time as an owner-operator, there's times where you are moving and you aren't making money. That's the uh, that's the only problem. But you want to know your next move. There's almost a, a stricken anxiety that comes with this of not knowing, oh, man, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? So while I was getting loaded with self-checkouts, I was scouring the load boards, I found something good that picked up in Springfield, Missouri which is 100 miles from Gravit, where R&R is at. And it was going out to Salina, Kansas, which is out there off I-70, about 300-some-odd miles, I guess, uh, was the total trip. And I'm learning as I go, but I get back up to R&R with the self-checkouts, and it stinks because, you know, one of the dispatchers up there, he tells me that he had a few things working that I maybe could have gotten a shot at, but I kind of pulled the trigger too soon. And he's just like, you know, and he asked me, he's like, you know about Selena, Kansas? I was like, no, I don't know. He's like, coming out's tough. He's like, sometimes you can get a good pain. I guess Morton Salt is out there, so you can get some salt that'll come back or go anywhere. But I'm learning these lanes, and as I go along, you know, you find it's tough to come out of there. And I was looking on load boards, and, you know, you're looking at some 100-mile deadheads to get anything decent paying. But uh, a fortunate, unfortunate thing happened where as I was driving out to Selena, the ABS light came on for the trailer. So I had contacted r and I said, hey, look, this is at no fault of my own. It's just the ABS light just came on. Now, the trailer itself is R&R's equipment. However, while it's in my possession, everything falls on me. I have a tire blowout. That's on me. No, they're not paying for it anymore. However, this ABS light, that has nothing to do with me. So the plan was from after Selena was do whatever I can to get myself back to Northwest Arkansas so I could swap trailers out. So I decided to eat it. And after I left Salina, I found a load going from Kansas City to Bentonville, Arkansas, to a Walmart distribution center there, the belly of the beast. That's Walmart's HQ down there in Bentonville. So it's 150 miles back from Salina to Kansas City. So you eat it, but the rate per mile I was getting on this load going back from Kansas City to Bentonville was also really good. 
around 350 a mile. So you're still, even if you add the deadhead, you're still, I'm still making myself out above, you know, the budget, above where we want to be on the spreadsheet line business-wise. And what was really cool was I got back to Kansas City on a Friday, and I didn't pick up this load until Saturday morning. So I got back on a Friday, and I stayed at a pilot about seven miles north of where the Chiefs and the Royals play, and the Royals were in town playing the Twins that night, and cheapest tickets were $13. So I went out to the Royals game. You can go check that out on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Lombard Trucking. I got some good footage of Kauffman Stadium. It was an overall fun night. You know, it stinks doing these things by yourself, but like I've said many times before, that it comes with this job, comes with this career. It's you really got to learn how to have fun by yourself. The only criticism I have to give, though, and I filled out a survey for this, a post-game fan survey uh, that the Royals emailed me, what was when it came to leaving the stadium. Now, I must have been the fucking last guy to leave this goddamn stadium. Like, I'm pretty sure the Twins left before I did on their bus. So I, I'm waiting for an Uber, and I get, like, six clowns who cancel on me. And I think it's because I... I scored it before the surge. I paid $14 to get down there, and then I booked it at $19 back. So I, I snuck out of a surge somehow because other people were paying surges. So I had, like, six dudes just straight up cancel. Like, oh, book it. They're completing a trip nearby, and then they cancel. Finally, I get this one guy who's completing a trip nearby, and then he's sitting at where it says he's going to complete that trip, and I'm like, he's about to cancel because he's been sitting there for longer than five minutes. I call him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, the pastor I'm with, uh, they had the wrong address, and he tried to change the address, but didn't have enough money on his car. Ah, whatever. Okay, so I'm waiting. I was about to cancel myself because there were actually these archaic taxi cabs down in the stadium. And I was like, oh, finally, you know, taxi cabs are back in the picture. They're, they're coming to meet the competition of Uber. So I tried to talk to the taxi cabs, as well as another woman who had a, just a car that was a ride share. And I go and talk to them, and I said, how much just to get back to the Flying J? Mind you, the Flying J is all seven miles away. It took six minutes to eventually get back there. Six minutes. Guy in a taxi cab says, oh, I could do it for $50. I said, get the fuck out of here. I'm not, I'm not paying you $50 to go seven miles. And he goes, oh, I'll do it for 40 And I was like, nah, bud. I, I was like, I'll just wait. It's cheaper to wait at this point. And then I asked another woman. I was like, okay, I'm actually, you're a ride share. I'm waiting for an Uber. I need to get back to this. She goes on her phone. She goes, oh, it's telling me it, it would cost $46. I said, $46? Yeah, I'm all right. I'll, I'll wait the extra 10 minutes for this guy to get here. I was like, it's only seven miles up the road. She starts feeding me the sob story. Oh, gas is over $4 a gallon. I said, oh, the gas is over $4 a gallon. $4 a gallon. You're telling me. I drive a 2018 Peterbilt. You want to talk about what it costs to fill up a tank? She's like, oh, I know. She's like, oh, I can imagine. You know, I, I pay double insurance, too. I said, oh, you want to talk about insurance now? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm all set, lady. You don't need to feed me this sob story about what you're paying. Eventually, the Uber came, and it did. And this guy was nice. He kind of smelled weird, but whatever. But it took six fucking minutes to get back. So when it comes to this economy, you have all these people complaining about inflation and price gouging. This woman's fucking crying about gas prices. Don't sit here and be a part of the fucking problem and price gouge a guy who came to your city and spend money at your goddamn baseball stadium. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You could charge me $46. That bitch 
and that fucking clown who drives that taxi cab, you're part of the goddamn fucking problem out there. So I don't want to fucking hear it when it costs me this much to fill my tank. How about you, bitch, fill my tank? We're the reason you fucking eat at night, cocksucker. Such fucking bullshit. Anyways, that, it, it just pissed me off. You know, when it comes to the infrastructure of these stadiums, the Chiefs and the Royals play right fucking next to each other. So they seat over 60,000 people each. And there are times where they're playing games simultaneously in August, September, if the Royals are in the playoffs, maybe even October. So they're... they're and the only way to get to the stadium is car. Like, in what, in what idea, what engineers or what city planners or what politicians are just like, hey, let's build these two magnificent stadiums and have the only way to get there by car. No train, no monorail, no bus service. Not, like, literally, there's not even a bus that'll take you to, to these games. And all that the infrastructure that there is around there, no one lives around there. There's only a couple hotels, like uh, like Holiday Inns and stuff like that. But mind you, also none of them had truck parking, so it's like, so it, it didn't even matter for me there. So it's just like, okay, let's let the only way there be car. So you could, for for all intents and purposes, have over uh, almost 150 to 200 thousand people in the same exact location, and the only way that they should get to and from is by car. How fucking stupid can you be? I just think we need to fix that. There are many ways in this nation, because of zoning laws and all this stuff, that we're, uh, we are enslaved by our cars. You can't go to the store without your car. You can't, go, you can't do anything. If I was to buy property in my neighborhood, I can't open a general store because of zoning laws. So guess what you have to do? You have to drive. Could you imagine if you didn't have to pay? If you, could you imagine a life where you didn't have to own a car for everything? You know, where, where you, you didn't have to pay for insurance. But you know, where you're almost enslaved to it. Yes, does a car give you freedom? It's not anti-car or anything. Cars do offer you a sort of freedom. You want to go to D.C. on a weekend on a whim and not have to take the train. You know, you can do that. But holy shit. But anyways, that's a that's a whole other side rant. Royals game overall was really fun. Kauffman Stadium was gorgeous. Food was great. Um, re- really couldn't ask for anything better. Nice weather, summertime fireworks. So I picked up the next morning uh, at a warehouse in North Kansas City. Easy, easy in, easy out. And then I had time to also get a reset in to make sure I didn't have to worry about hours. So I got loaded, I headed straight back, and I parked in Springdale, Arkansas on Saturday. And I didn't deliver until Monday morning at, my appointment was at 515 so I had a little reset in, hung out, went for 20, you know, went for a nice 20 mile bike ride, you know, did some working out, hung out, watched TV, read part of read part of a couple books I got. Easy day, quick, nice reset. Would have been better if the sun was out, but Arkansas decided to have a little bit of a surprise fall uh, this past weekend. So what can you do? So Monday, I deliver, and if you know anything about some of these Walmart DCs. Um, it's a fucking guessing game on how fast you can get loaded or unloaded. And this is one of those ones where you back your trailer up to the door and you got to completely unhook from the trailer and go park in a separate parking lot. And then they call you when it's done. I think the reason why they do that here is because of room. If they had all these trucks sticking out of doors, other trucks might not be able to back into the door. So whatever, what can you do? And uh, I was there for like three and a half hours. I mean, it was okay. I took another nap. It was kind of early. 
Um, you know, I, I, it was as expected. Like I said, the load was paying all right. I didn't mind just hanging out for a little bit. Uh, got out of there, empty, headed back up to Gravit to go swap trailers. And for the first time, we kind of worked as a tandem to find my next load. I was sitting in the office, and me and the logistics manager were eyeing over stuff. You know, we were like, oh, I found this. Oh, he found this. He made a call. I sent an email. And then we ended up finding this load that's going back to Texas. Now, I need, my goal was to be back Wednesday, book myself a haircut at 3.30, because I'm flying out Thursday to go to Mexico for a bachelor party. Now, the only reason why I'm going on this trip is because I paid for it in January. Because trust me, I need I need to continue to cash flow. I'm on a good roll right now. I'm on a good run. Things are going well, especially in such a negative economy where everything is bad, 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 bad. Everyone's complaining, complaining, complaining. Everyone's quitting, quitting, quitting. Diesel prices have kind of plateaued at a point, um, especially where I'm at. But I'm blessed to be in this region of the country where rates are good and fuel is... Although expensive, the cheapest it is in the country. But this may be the last break I get for, you know, we could be looking at, you know, years standpoint. I don't know when my next vacation will come. So I'm just going to take it as I can because it's already paid for. So I'm not even coming out of pocket for it. My bills are paid. Truck payments all good. So we're all set and I'm ready to rock. But we ended up finding this load and it picked up in Neosho at a animal feed place up there and it's going to Comanche, Texas, probably to some, I don't know, some guy who distributes food to the farm. We'll see. Hit me up on Instagram. I'll take some pictures or, or make a TikTok or something while I'm there. But that brings you up to speed on where I'm at owner operator wise. Like I said, overall things are going pretty good. I've, I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me recently, ask me how it's going. All they hear about is the diesel prices. All they hear about is truckers quitting. That's what people are seeing. Uh, I know that uh, Congress has been rigorously having uh, conversations with the Secretary of Energy up there, and it's uh, you know there's a lot of drama with that. Uh, I can appreciate some of the politicians up there who are kind of pleading the the case that you see me talking about on YouTube and talking about on the podcast. Um, do I think that the people in our government need to start taking some accountability and, re and realizing that, uh, it, you know, there are, there are some things they can do to help alleviate this? Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, all me complaining is going to do is do absolutely nothing. However, my friend, Joshua Jenkins, who I've mentioned before, his YouTube channel, The Travel Trucker, check it out. He recently did an interview on Fox 35 News for Orlando, Fox 35 Orlando, with my good friend Dave Puglisi. That article found its way to the eyes of Senator Rick Scott of Florida. He actually quoted my friend from that article to the Secretary of Energy, which I thought was pretty cool. So what we're saying is being echoed out there. So the complaining is helping a little bit. But at the end of the day, all we can do at this point is just pick up our feet and keep moving forward. If you are somebody out there who's driving, or if you're somebody out there who's considering it, or if you're in business and you're thinking about quitting, my advice is then honestly quit if all you're going to do is just sit here and complain and offer nothing to help the situation or you're just going to cry or, or whatever have you quit because honestly the more people who do quit will actually make an impact and eventually help turn this thing around because if 
if the more people quit and the more people sit and the more people just it, it get out of the game, it's only going to wind up being better for me in the end. Like I said, I'm in this for the, no pun intended, long haul. I don't have anywhere to go but forward. There is no step backwards for me. We started this business. I don't have any intentions on selling it the same way I have no intentions on selling my 1994 GMC Sierra. But that's enough on that. Let's hear a word from our sponsor over at Keepers Only. This episode is brought to you by Keepers Only. Keepers Only is an eco-friendly and sustainable clothing brand out of New York. Guys, founder Derek Ciliota grew up spending his summers in Montauk, New York on the water and at the young age of five years old grew a deep passion for fishing. So much so that it inspired him to create this clothing brand today. With summer around the corner, you're going to want to get some of this apparel, guys. Hoodies, joggers, bucket hats, ball caps, and their very cool, comfortable fishing shirts. And if you're a trucker like me, those fishing shirts will actually come in handy because where sunlight and UV rays are good for you, you're behind the wheel of a truck and in this windshield, it's like being in a permanent greenhouse. Protect yourself. Fishing shirts from Keepers Only. And for all of you out there, you got to go to keepersonly.co and use promo code Lombard Trucking at checkout. That's keepersonly.co and use promo code Lombard Trucking to get 15% off your order. And we're back. So, guys, summer is coming, and with it, two very important American holidays. And yes, I'm talking about Memorial Day the 4th of July. And over the past few years, I've gone on Facebook and shared some general overall feelings I have towards these holidays, as well as how society has been viewing and talking about them. But I have the podcast now, and I'll probably make a PSA or something on YouTube about it, just to start sharing these feelings and kind of amplify how I feel about them, because I think it's just something that needs to be said. So when it comes to Memorial Day, and this one's really a general PSA to the veterans out there, is don't go on the internet put people down don't be the guy who's out there saying don't say happy memorial day or be the one who says this weekend's not about the beach and your barbecue don't be one of those guys because number one it's condescending as fuck to just stand there and act as though you are better than or no more than the same u.s civilians you swore an oath to protect and defend okay for the most part i'd say that most Americans know that Memorial Day is a holiday that stands in remembrance of servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And yes, I know people like Jesse Waters on Fox News loves to make those clickbait RT outrage porn videos every year where he's just like, you know what Memorial Day is about? And everyone's like, ah, Lincoln? And it's just that, yeah, and I get it, okay? I get it. Who cares at the end of the day? Because in reality, you know what Memorial Day, you know what servicemen and women who made the ultimate sacrifice would have wanted? You know what the 17-year-old kid who got turned to Swiss cheese at Shiloh would have wanted? You know what a D-Day veteran would have wanted? Or where they'd want to be right now? It'd probably be in their backyard with their best friends and family, hanging out, drinking beers. You know what they died for? was literally you to have that fucking right and freedom to be in your backyard grilling up meat and drinking beer with your friends and family. At, at the, there, there's no simpler way to put it. 
that's where they would rather be, and it's basically what they gave their lives for. And so that you're not living in some sort of city that looks how Mariupol does in the Ukraine right now. That's what they gave their lives for. And so you can live the life you're living and have the freedoms that we have here in the United States. So don't go bitching and moaning and complaining because people are out there enjoying themselves in the in the country that people gave their lives for. All right, but there that's more than enough on that. And I'm and if you and hey, if you're a civilian out there listening, if you don't know what Memorial Day is for, then just, you know, feel free to go look it up, man. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about it. All right? The next one I want to talk about is, is the 4th of July because this is one that's come under now scrutiny for the past you know, a couple of years, because now if you're patriotic and, and if you love your country, you're some sort of neo-fascist, uh, nationalist, uh, Nazi piece of shit. Um, and it's and it's just annoying to, uh, you know, because when you have some sort of pride in your country, it's now considered looked down upon. Um, it's probably the stupidest, stupidest and dumbest thing I've, I've ever heard of right next to veterans putting down civilians for not, uh, you know, for having fun you know, on Memorial Day weekend. What's going to happen this summer is you're going to have people on, on the right or your right-leaning friends. They're going to go, I love this country, even though the president and, uh, you know, sucks and Democrats suck. And it's like, shut the fuck up, one. But then you're also going to have your friends who are left-leaning who are going to say, there's nothing great about this country. We have so much history, we had slavery, we did this, the Native Americans, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to have all these people are going to bring up every single flaw. But you want to know what flaws they won't bring up? Their own. When it comes to problems and criticize, criticism, all it is is just projecting your own flaws onto another. The failure to recognize one's own problems. So look, when it comes to problems... Or countries that have blemishes on their history or bad marks on their report report card find me a country that doesn't and at the end of the day when it comes to countries that have bad parts of their history who is the reason why they had why this is going on it has nothing to do with the people who live there it has everything to do with the actions of the government and the will of the government over the people it has nothing to do with the people itself. The people are never inherently bad. The people of the United States are very good and some of the best people on the planet. Why do I say that? Because they're my friends and family and I love them. You have friends and family too. You love them. Guess what? Those are, at the end of the day, your countrymen. Don't let the actions of the government dictate how you feel about your country. You do not have to love your government to love your country at the end of the day what this nation stands for what the people stand for what you do what your family does what your friends do that's what's important that's why we celebrate the fourth of july that's why we have holidays like that that's reason enough to be proud of your country is when you look to your left and your right and say and Okay, there's bad stuff going on. Okay, we have bad stuff now. We can fix it. We need to fix healthcare. We need to fix race relations. There's things that need to be fixed. Okay, you're right. They do need to be fixed. What does crying, complaining, bitching, and moaning going to do about it? Do you want to fix those issues? It starts with you, it starts with me, and it starts right in your community. So if you're not doing anything in your town or in your county 
or in your state to make these things better going out of your way. And I'm not talking about retweeting. I'm not talking about going on Facebook. I'm talking about going out to a local nonprofit or your local church or helping out some Boy Scout troops, Eagle Scout project. I'm talking those little things, those little things. If you're not doing those things in your community, you have nothing to complain about. But I'm going to leave it there because, like I said, sometimes these things can go on. And I hate to make it sound like I'm yelling myself on the podcast. These are just general thoughts and feelings I have while I drive as I consume, you know, the same way we all do. This is what I say. Be careful of the algorithm. Sometimes I'm not careful of the algorithm and I'm seeing, you know, this polarization. I'm seeing the line drawn in the sand and it's 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 unrealistic. It's not accurate to reality. When you when we get off the internet and we get away from these platforms and we engage in our communities, you start to use people start to realize, wow, you know, really not that bad out there. You know, it's just at that Royals game, you know, there's fifty thousand people there or whatever. Not that bad, you know. You go to a concert, there's some people at EDC right now and watching videos. Huh. You know. You think if it was the Twitter comments section or some Facebook news article these people would be beating the hell out of each other. No, they're, they're all at a place enjoying music. There ain't none of that. So just just think about that as, as summer is coming and, uh, you, know, as, you know, as you're getting out there, don't let the heat get to you. you know, don't, don't let the algorithm get to you the same way. Um, but I'm going to leave it there. Uh, that's all I got. I hope everyone does enjoy their Memorial Day weekend. And as summer is coming, make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids. I'm not just talking about Bud Bud and Natty Light. Make sure you stay hydrated out there. Don't want any heat casualties. Uh, other than that, get at me on all the socials. You know, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Watch out for that algorithm, though. YouTube. Trying to blow up the YouTube. Me and Jenkins, the travel trucker. So hit us up. Uh, we're out there doing our thing. If you got any questions specifically for me, reach out. If you got anything you want me to make a video on or talk about, give me a holler. You know, I, I, I'm always willing to the talk and doing anything to add more to what listeners may want to hear. Uh, also, yeah, and I say this at the end of every podcast about if you or anyone you know is interested in their CDL, reach out. Definitely reach out. I just found out the carrier that I contract under, my company, r r Solutions. They're in the business now of training drivers. They will pay you to go to CDL school and everything. So hit me up for any details. I'd love to get you in touch with the right people you feel the calling to get out here and get behind the wheel. But other than that, if you ever want to talk, you guys, you know I'll be here.